on TV, online, and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. The United States Supreme Court has released a series of important rulings. So what are the implications of these high-profile cases for the nation? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's get started. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Just before recessing for the summer holiday, the United States Supreme Court issued several rulings that have ushered in sweeping changes to American law and society. In a landmark decision, the U.S. Supreme Court held that a Colorado graphic designer who makes wedding websites does not have to create them for same-sex marriages, citing her First Amendment freedom. In a 6-3 to decision, the Supreme Court struck down President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness program with the majority ruling that the plan, which would have canceled over $400 billion in outstanding loan debt, was not authorized by federal law. The court also cited former Speaker of the House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. In another highly anticipated case, the court struck down a race-conscious admissions program at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina, effectively prohibiting affirmative action policies. For more, we are joined by Dr. Carol Swain, former professor of political science and law at Vanderbilt University and a best-selling author. Thank you so much for joining me. Does the affirmative action ruling forbid racial discrimination by the government? It certainly does. It brings a nation back into harmony with the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and its extensions, as well as the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. And in the court's majority decision, they cited the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment that protects all persons from discrimination. For a lot of people who may not understand this, and some are extremely confused, how would you explain what happened? I would say that colleges and universities, they may have been well-meaning, but over the years, they became more and more aggressive with race-based preferences. And in the 1960s, when the Civil Rights Act was passed and when affirmative action was first implemented, It was, um, the main purpose was to create equal opportunity to recruit and make sure that underrepresented populations were brought into the institutions, into the system. And in some cases, there were remedial assistance. Well, what has happened is that colleges and universities have moved towards a proportional representation type of system and with diversity, equity, and inclusion, they're pushing for equal opportunities. They've decided that a certain percentage of seats at institutions have to be filled with minorities, regardless of whether or not they are qualified people. And in the process, they have passed over Asians who may come from poor black backgrounds, as well as whites that uh, were far more qualified than 
the candidates that were admitted, particularly the black candidates. So the discrimination had reached proportions that it had to be dealt with. And the ruling does not mean that colleges and universities can't continue to recruit racial and ethnic minorities. And what's likely to happen is that you will find college students or college applicants redistributing themselves. People who go to Harvard or Yale or one of the Ivy League schools now will probably end up at the flagship university in their state if their scores um, support admission. And so some of the responses we've had is that you have to get rid of legacy admissions if you strike down race-based affirmative action. I would say that the two are not the same because legacy admissions, anyone who graduates from an institution is qualified to be a legacy admittee if they meet the scores. And the legacy admittees never... um, they were not selected from a pool that had scores as low as some of the racial and ethnic minorities. And so what I see taking place is the minorities who get into the Ivy League schools based on merit, and there have always been Blacks and Hispanics and Native Americans who did qualify, they will be less likely to have their credentials questioned because now the assumption is that if you are at an elite institution, As a faculty member or a student, it must be because of affirmative action. It can't be because you're bright. Hmm. Should Americans applaud these decisions and the constitutional order that produced them? I applaud the decisions because I I have felt for a long time that we were getting away from the Constitution. And what this court has done is to apply the principles of the Constitution when it comes to the balance of power between the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branch, they have um, pretty much ruled by striking down Joe Biden's student loan handout that um, you cannot use an executive order to legislate, that Congress is the one that passes bills and legislation. And if they want to give out, um, you know, if they want to forgive loans, that would have to be done through Congress, not through a president signing an executive order. And affirmative action itself was by executive order. And so it has produced a lot of chaos, but then it has been backed up by the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and its extensions. The legislative part, the part passed by Congress, hasn't been enforced in the way that Congress intended. So I think that to the extent that we get back to the Constitution and statutory law, we are stronger as a nation. And we also need to get back to the rule of law, that we need to have a nation where laws are applied evenly across racial, ethnic, and political groups, where there's no sense that there is an ideological um, favoritism when it comes to the law of the land. And right now, many conservatives feel that because they're conservative or because they're Christian, they are being discriminated against, that there's no equal justice. That should not be the case in the United States of America. 
Now, what do you make of a pair of House Democrats? They're proposing a bill to put term limits on Supreme Court justices. Is this a good idea? Will it receive bipartisan support? It's definitely not a good idea. Just because your uh, political position loses in court, that doesn't mean that you should restructure the Supreme Court. The justices that issued the decisions that were applauded by most Americans, they applied the Constitution. And so the Supreme Court itself should not be about partisan politics. It should be about making sure that what takes place in this country adheres to the Constitution and it protects the civil liberties of the American people. And I would urge all Americans, and too many don't know what the Constitution says. They've never read um, or studied the Bill of Rights. You cannot be an American citizen and live effectively and make a difference if you don't know what's in the Bill of Rights. You need to know the Bill of Rights. You need to read the Constitution. The Constitution is not a long document. There's no excuse for anyone who calls themselves an American or would be American to not know the Constitution. That is a fantastic point. In so many states, civics is no longer taught. And of course, a great reminder for Americans to read the Constitution if they haven't done so. Dr. Carol Swain, thank you so much for joining me today. More ticker news right after this. 